This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Hey, let's talk about you, the ID10T community events at ID10T.com, like Russ Stevens, a.k.a. Cool Movies Darth, who uh, has started a podcast called 90 for Chill, uh, which Russ says is dedicated to movies with a runtime between 74 and 99 minutes, the time frame that I feel is ideal. Russ, I could not agree with you more. That is a fantastic idea. Uh, Russ goes on to say there are times you need a cinematic fix but don't have time for the latest Scorsese masterpiece or offering from a comic book universe. There's also times when you know you need a conclusion to prevent a binge costing you a whole night. Um, my guests and I try to follow these guidelines as we chat up features that are definitely worth your time and are beyond easy to make time for. 90 for Chill, the podcast, can be found on all major podcast platforms at 94chill.com and that's spelling out 90 uh, N-I-N-E-T-Y 4-F-O-R chill um, so there you go thank you so much for sharing Russ a uh, really great idea for a podcast events at id10t.com for everyone else little hands says it's time to rock and roll bring the noise Thank you for checking out 90 for Chill Podcast with Cat Bus Russ. This is your host, Cat Bus Russ. And this week we are concluding this year's edition of Allie's Accessory Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review. And that means it's the letter Y, Z, and the just a number. I go with the iTunes theory. It's A through Z and then numbers when it comes to their order. So to make it a little more cohesive... I've drawn a line from Miljovic to Renona Ryder. So that means we will start with the Brian Burns-directed romantic comedy, You Stupid Man, from 2002. And then, since Renona Ryder has a cameo in a film where Miljovic is essentially the top henchman of Will Ferrell, we'll talk about Zoolander. And to finish it all up, we'll talk about a feature called 1969 from 1988, starring Kiefer Sutherland, Robert Downey Jr., and Renona Ryder. Also, Bruce Dern's in there. A lot of uh, that guy faces, I suppose. And it's a feature about white kids trying to avoid getting drafted to Vietnam. And so kind of the vietnam era exploit uh exploitation time you know oh platoon's big oliver stone's big so that's what that feature is and i'll give you my opinion if it works or not otherwise if you want to be a guest on the podcast i'm still looking for a guest for the 20th or the 27th of december 2023 i have one week i can use as a break i would rather try to fill it up or you know save the new year to myself i suppose so that's what i'd like i'm available to record on wednesday and thursdays evenings at this point and anytime on sunday that's what everything's looking at right now if you want to get an idea of what can be on 90 for chill the podcast or i should say what will be on 90 for chill the podcast you can follow me on letterbox my username there is cm darth that's c is in cool m is in movies Darth is a Sith Lord. 
You can follow me on Twitter at CatBusRuss and Mastodon at RussStevens.Mastodon.Social. With all of that said, if you want to be on the show, fill in that guest role, greatly appreciated. Just send an email to russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-07 at gmail.com. And offer me a movie, a theme, a director, an actor. Just try to focus on sub-100-minute movies, but we can make anything work. You just might have to do a lot more work. We've had several marathons. Almost, well, I'd say the majority of my... uh, Podcasts with Couchman, Bakes, Andrew, TD have been marathons. So I'm willing to put the effort in if you are. So with all that said, I guess all I've got to do is thank Station Marie Harden for keeping an eye on me, keeping me out of trouble for the most part. And I hope she's uh, doing the same for everybody else she touched in her life. And I hope she's hugging the hell out of Skimble Shanks, the one-eared angel. So with all that said, I don't think there's any further ado. Let's get on to the show. When Owen fell in love with Chloe. I'm coming out to L.A. every chance I get. You're the love of my life. It was perfect. Well, lucky for me, I've got a great guy. It was magical. We're soulmates. It was... You know where Chloe Francis is? Devastating. Surprise. I really think it might be a good idea if you take out Nadine. Now's not the time, Nadine. When Owen was set up with Nadine. I didn't expect you to be pretty. Pretty girls like the purebred dogs at the pound. Did you just compare me to a dog? You just compared me to a dog. It was awkward. You're not going to talk to me? Would you like a drink before you order? I don't know. Helen Keller, would you like a drink? It was complicated. About the other week. You were a little rude. Me? You gave me the silent treatment. Uh. You can stop talking about your ex-girlfriend. We can either both go home solo or we can have some fun. Let's paint the town red. For each other. It was perfect. Hi, Owen. It's me, Chloe. I'm just really upset and need to talk to you. Can you forgive me for everything? The past is the past. The important thing is the future, right? It's no wonder I fell in love with you in the first place. So what's the story with Chloe? She doesn't seem different to you, does she? She's a little selfish, a little self-absorbed. Oh my god, look how skinny I look! Same with Chloe. What does Nadine think of her? Nadine? Are you jealous? No. Because, I mean, it's perfectly understandable. We've been spending plenty of time together. You're acting as if this girl is some godsend, and she's not. You're just a stupid man. David Crumholtz, Neela Jovovich, Denise Richards, and William Baldwin. I hope we never fall in love. Don't worry about that. You stupid man. A story about romance gone wrong. Now that I'm famous, now everybody kisses my ass. Even me. And I had my heart ripped out by you. (laughs) And friendship gone right. There's someone out there who's just perfect for you. You're not looking at it from the right angle. So I've just concluded watching You Stupid Man from 2002, a film by Brian Burns starring uh, Dave, David Krummeltz and Mila Jovovich with some supporting uh, roles by Denise Richards and William Baldwin. So this uh, film was from 2002. It tries to have a very New York vibe. I believe 2002 is the release date. Uh, 2001 was when it was filmed and... You know, funny little thing about the opening credits, they weren't uh, going to alter them. So I guess, you know, tells you about the lower budget because you got, you know, the all the sites of New York City being represented. And, you know, it's kind of an animatic. So it's like, yeah, you could probably get rid of the Trade Center just to, well, 
that just sounds awful. So, oh, I digress about that little bit. It's a story about uh, Dave Krummeltz, uh who's just a lucky writer in New York. Ended up dating a damn near supermodel in Denise Richards, who's off to L.A. to make her money in sitcoms. And the moment he heads out to L.A. to meet her... Um, you know, she's getting rogered by her co-star. So he's just reluctant to get over her, and he ends up being matched up, essentially, with his best friend's fiancé's bridesmaid in uh, Mila Jovovich. And after a few awkward meetings, uh, they eventually just form a bond, a friendship about just being there for each other, and things will go one way or another. You don't want to go and make that commitment, and that's really the, uh, I guess, the premise. It's a clever little comedy, or at least clever for uh, 2001. Uh, I think it uh, covers up the male weaknesses of, you know, being vulnerable with, you know, clever but yet juvenile jokes. And, uh, but Miljovic is very real in this feature. And I think, uh, one of her stronger performances, or at least you don't get, I don't get to see her, um, in many films, just be a person. I really can't think of one off the top of my head in all honesty. She's always got some hard edge to her. I guess I need to watch Dazed and Confused. Um, but yeah, you know, you go to the Resident Evil series, Monster Hunter, um, you know, Fifth Element, obviously, which is probably her best performance still. You know, can't top your uh, essential debut. And reading her Wikipedia, found out a lot of, uh, you know, she was uh, really growing up in Hollywood by the end of it. Uh, a former Mrs. Bassan, let's just put it that way. Um, I, I think the supporting cast is fine well enough. Uh, David Cromwell's is not somebody I think you'd end up thinking going from Denise Richards, Emilia Jovovich, but, uh, you know, uh, good, good for him. I think it's essentially, uh, Brian Burns trying to write his own Edward Burns, uh, character essentially. So, uh, yes, Brian Burns is the little brother of Ed Burns and, uh, yeah, I know, he hasn't really done much. Um, you know, it's Hollywood just weird. I mean, enough trouble getting canceled by society. Jeez, what uh, producers will do to you. But I digress. I mean, there's nothing uh, magnificent about any direction. Uh, this is coming from, you know, the Burns brothers are indie guys. So it's essentially, you know, they're just trying to tell their story. And I'm not saying it's the greatest story, and I think I was flirting with a girl on Hive while I'm watching this movie. Not Hive. Uh, I'm sorry, Hinder. Uh, Hinder? I don't know. Uh, enough with all these dating apps. I'm not enough issues as it is. Uh, but, you know, if you sit, just watch and enjoy. Because some, some of the dialogue and the bits really land. Um, and some of them are cheap tricks. But it's inoffensive, and... You know, it's well acted well enough, I think. Uh, even Denise Richards has some strong moments, and William Baldwin has that perfect little vibe between 
uh, kind of got the Steven attitude, but the Alex sophistication, I guess. Sorry, I don't know enough about Danny, except I think he was a hero in a movie where I get to see Terry Funk try to be a terrorist. Uh, look that one up, I suppose. Um, if anything, uh, I think, as I say, I, th- I think I enjoy the relationship story in this. Uh, it kind of makes me reflect on my own in the past. And uh, this is a movie that I actually did see uh, 2007-ish. It was uh, purchased uh, by my... Uh, Mila Jovovich's um, loving girl uh, at the time, uh, Cindy. And um, basically, we came from two different places. I'm all Fifth Element. She was all the messenger, Joan of Arc. And, you know, for me, just... I've never been... Dated nothing but Catholic girls, but uh, never really... I think a lot of my English pride, too. Like, eh... Yeah, Joan was just a crazy girl. Oh, but I digress. Um, But, you know, I think it offers valuable lessons or, um, yeah, I'd say valuable lessons and just, uh, you know, what to think about when you're in a relationship and how to approach it. It really could have benefited more from the side plot of the uh, married couple, the newlyweds. And I think... uh, yeah, I'm not saying they're strong actors, but I think the story, you know, it has a Judd Apatow appeal. Um, I'd say even before, you know, five years before uh, Knocked Up. So it's got a lot of great, it's got a lot of fun things to it. And this is just something I saw at Big Lots. Oh, gosh, we're probably talking 15 years ago um, in their DVD bin. And, you know, perhaps I wasn't necessarily over Cindy, or maybe I was just more concerned about the fact that I hadn't been in a relationship since good old Tracy in junior high. So, you know, there was uh, eight years between that. Well, geez, I don't even want to think about the math, but, you know, it's close to a decade between relationships for me. So it makes me a little worried, but I think I also got a little vibe on, you know, really to think about, yeah, if there's moments I'm pining for Allison, that, oh, well, yeah, it's not not the right way to look at it. So there's a little bit about a ketchup bottle, and, you know, the guy says it's a phallic symbol they're trying to relate to. Well, you know, it's just something you got to look at it from different perspectives. So I gained some lessons from it, and I think, you know, it's just a cute little movie to watch with a partner or... You know, even a great friend, perspectives, past relationships, may have left me a little mess like a stupid man. His name is Zoolander, Derek Zoolander, international male supermodel. But behind those eyes is a highly trained man of action. You rock. No, you rock. And perhaps the world's only hope of stopping a sinister assassination plot, Ben Stiller. Owen Wilson. Pop and lock it, fool. Will Ferrell. They're breakdance fighting. Christine Taylor. When I was in seventh grade, I became bulimic. You can read minds. They must use all their skills. If I can create a basic disguise for us, we may just be able to sneak it undetected. Surprise! 
Did you find the files? They're in the computer. They're in the computer? To outsmart the most dangerous organization on the planet. We got 30 years worth of files right here in this computer that are going to bring you down. Oh, no. Where'd all the files go? And still find time to help the children. I give you the Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good. What is this? A center for ants? How can children learn how to read if they can't even fit inside the building? Zoolander. So I've just concluded watching, or dare I say re-watching, Zoolander from 2001, the Ben Stiller-directed fe- feature about male models and the underlying culture of them becoming assassins, a uh, comedy. And back in 2001, when I'm seeing with all my pals back in college, what have you, you know, they're laughing their heads off. I was always brought up as the guy who would uh, ground the conversation. Like, the time somebody saw Donnie Darko, they said, the next time we watch it, we have to watch it with Russ to see if he knows what the heck's going on or if this movie's any good. So I was gaining a reputation as a critic even before I was approved by my instructors in Illinois Central College, but I digress. So I thought this movie was three and a half stars back in the day. Uh, That's what I going through letterbox popular movies what have you that's what i placed it at and this viewing pretty much just confirmed it now there's a lot of great humor a lot of fun jokes excellent cameos i mean i'm doing zoolander so i can get from a mila jovovich as the y movie from ali's accessory shop on etsy's trash feature reviews so i can get to another movie which has renona Ryder as a main lead of course Renona Ryder's only a cameo in this, but hey, I made the effort, so give me that. Um, it's just a product of the time, I suppose, because we're in a real weird stage. You can see it in Saw movies all the way up till about the um, later Saw movies, the Jigsaw, Your um, Spiral, and Saw X. Um, those that the movies before the attempts at reviving the franchise fast cuts and you get that with zoolander and it's almost distracting it's like there's probably more story to be told more jokes to be had and but you know let's just get right to the next scene let's make this movie move fast and it just feels like it moves so fast that we're missing pieces now all the humor there's nothing I can't say isn't gold, and it's a classic situation of, uh, dare I say, oh great, I don't want to sound like I'm actually from Morton, Illinois, but Walt Culture is like going to go and just eat up all these little bits. It's like, now these were jokes, and if you see it from the perspective of the people in the story, these jokes, I mean, there's a reason why we laugh at them. Like, okay, yeah, the people in perspective of the story using on our word, like uh, uh, Jerry Stiller as Zoolander's agent, um, Maury Ballstein. So, I mean, that tells you the kind of humor is in this feature. Um, it's kind of like, well, you know, he's just using it and in that p- position, like you can get to 
jokes that are still funny. You just have to, you know, like, oh, they work to it. Let's not be, you know, they've kind of justified why, you know, why a character would use it. And it's fine. Uh, people don't want to even consider the fact that, you know, we uh, might go to some dark places. And truthfully, though, I mean, at this time, no, we shouldn't be coming up with these jokes. But, you know, there's obviously a way to get to them still. And what I mean by that is that um, you find you you can do, you just tell the audience, get them ready for it, and you go and deliver it. And if it's a good joke, you're going to get more positive response than negative. And if it's a bad joke, that it's all going to be negative, obviously, or it's going to be appreciated by proud boys, you know, and very hateful people, people who don't understand what they're watching. Uh, it's just, I guess, here's the thing. It's more of like, because in a sense, there's blackface in this movie. And I remember listening to the Second Chance Movie podcast saying you can't enjoy Tropic Thunder because of Robert Downey Jr. Um, and his character being an actor so dedicated to the craft that he's gone to put himself in blackface so he can play black characters. And um, what I'm getting at is just basically like, okay, but it's just silly like Zoolander jumping out of a coal mine to scare his uh, dad played by John Voight like John Voight probably didn't get wouldn't appreciate the nuance behind the joke but um you know it's just like silly that's all it is and people might have offense when they are heroes go and undercover as minorities now they have minority actors playing the characters when they're in the makeup but they, uh, you know, the sheer fact that you can see them wiping off the makeup. So it's, and I could see that triggering people. And it's just like, it's so ridiculous. That's the joke. We know it's offensive to actually do that. But it's, it's just the classic bending, bending uh, norms and such. So, um, but as I say, with all this humor, it's just, again, smash cut right to the next scene. And it just kind of makes you think, like, it's bombarding you with... I mean, I like the jokes in the movie, but, like, there's no... You're going to miss jokes. I mean, I guess it's going to... Oh, this is for the rewatch. And it's like, is it really that rewatchable? It took me 22 years to get back to this feature. So, um, but... So it's a, it's a it's a shame I guess after seeing the cable guy which such subtle direction and letting things breathe and being about as long I mean a little longer but it qualifies the podcast um you know it's not about and I think it may have just been the time then when I say it. it's not like hit him with the jokes the Austin Powers stuff you know more jokes faster harder and I guess that's why I'm not a fan of... I, did, I left uh, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, with, like, eh, wasn't much. I should have gone and seen uh, Phantom Menace again. And I'll stand by that decision. So, I mean, that's really just the biggest uh, problem with the film, is it just doesn't give yourself... It's just, like, let's chug a bottle of wine instead of letting it breathe. Um... 
But then, you know, if you don't watch the film, though, you're not going to see great use of Will Ferrell. Uh, this might be one of his strongest character works. Um, I mean, you can say, well, wrong Burgundy, but, you know, uh, that's like, it's a supporting, he's a supporting actor at best. Um, so it's like, eh, do we really want this all the time? Let's cut to other people acting weird like David Duchovny, Owen Wilson, uh, Mila Jovovich, and, you know, enjoy those little subtleties and not overload our senses with stuff. And that's just what uh, Zoolander feels like. So I can see, probably, if you didn't learn from your lessons, why Zoolander 2 has such a bad reputation. Lord knows I'm curious, because it does qualify for this podcast. But I am definitely going to... um, be a little trepidatious about this and to this features credit cameos are awesome i mean david freaking bowie being the most david bowie you could expect him to be is great i guess a good thing about this though is the soundtrack being from 2001 because that's a lot there's no great needle drops in 2001 2000 uh maybe even 99 sadly i'm saying that because it was just a bad time for music. I mean, Fred Durst has a cameo in this movie. So aside from saving uh, Power Man 5000's cover of Frankie Goes to Hollywood's Relax, there's not much to hate about the um, soundtrack. It's pretty much just cool, just fun music drops, needle drops. This is a VH1 movie as a as if you watch the credits and pay attention. So... It doesn't get into this MTV bollocks until, oh, we need to have that single. Zoolander, I mean, is a it's a fun time. I, I do I think it's a great narrative. Eh, a little iffy on that. You're going if you're definitely if you grew up in that time, like I did, you're gonna have a lot of fun watching it. And worry about the nitpicking later. It was nineteen sixty nine. And there was one question on everybody's mind. What's going on? It was the year the war came home. You must be really proud of your brother, huh? It's not my war. Everyone's entitled to his own opinion. Not that good. It was the wrong time to be a soldier. You want to go to Vietnam and get your face shot off? Not particularly. A hard time to be a parent. Don't die. But for Scott and Ralph, yeah, yeah, it was a good time. We had naked people giving us free food. To have a great time. You know, we're going to change the world, Ralpho. There must be some kind of... His brother is over there risking his life for our country. We don't even know He's it. He's dead. Liar! Don't keep pushing me! I want you to stay with me and fight. Relax, Cliff. It's the age of Aquarius. From the Academy Award-winning writer of On Golden Pond. Wow. Robert Downey Jr. Trying to make me paranoid or something? Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> you are so weird. 1969. People are going to look back on 1969 and say that's the year everything changed. I've closed out this Alley's Accessory Shop on Etsy's trash feature review binge with 1969 a feature starring Keith Sutherland and uh, secondary would be Renona Ryder and Robert Downey Jr. and you also have Bruce Stern in the feature so 
It's a film about two high schoolers who graduate in 1967 who basically go to college just to avoid the uh, Vietnam War's draft, one of which has already claimed the elder brother of Keith Sutherland, whose father, played by Bruce Stern, is very proud of him just serving his country regardless of whether the war is right or not. And all things go to pot once Robert Downey Jr.'s character ends up flunking out of college. So they're trying to figure out how to make sure he does not get drafted. Keith Sutherland just wants to roam around the country and be a hippie. And Renona Ryder's just there for the ride. It's, I mean, there's not really much of a story to it, really. It's a bunch of scenes and it really needs a narrative to hold it all together now there's some moving moments the end speech is fine but a little um and maybe it happened i'll have to research it it just doesn't feel real and if it is real it's kind of like well hey imagine what uh well-off white people can do to make a difference while we abuse the other uh the the minorities so um it's just very this is made from 1988 may have been released in 89 i don't know if this was trying to just be another capitalize on the vietnam war movie trend we're talking you know all the way back 86 with platoon i know you have the uh clint eastwood uh there's a clint eastwood feature in there um never mind full metal jacket and then of course it all kind of comes to a conclusion with uh well i mean you have good morning vietnam in there all comes to a conclusion with born on the fourth july and it's kind of just like well why these are popular so i think we're gonna have to make a movie for it so it doesn't feel like there's a lot of heart into the feature uh, the performances are fine. Uh, Bruce Stern is stern as always, and uh, Keith Sutherland uh, seems, you know, constrained when his biggest breakout movie was, of course, uh, The Lost Boys. So, I think just a year prior, and this is just uh, before Winona Ryder breaks big. Um, and Robert Downey Jr., well, he's Robert Downey Jr., so I've really got to see more Robert Downey Jr. movies because I think he's more of just a, char- um, a character than an actual thespian. I know, hot take. I, there's there's plenty of movies I know to watch, Zodiac. I gotta watch Oppenheimer, I suppose. So it just doesn't feel like there's much going on in the feature, uh, yet one protest that gets violent and not overly violent. Uh, you get a nudist colony scene, but we really don't play around with that too much. It's just like, hey, we got something that the other movies don't offer. Um, I guess if it's anything great I can say about it besides the end speech, which is very moving, as I say, not just still lacks a genuine feel or vibe feel. Um, is that it is a feature that is poignant in the sense that we're still in a very divided state in this country. We have people who are just like American patriotism or, you know, you just have to... 
I think now American uh, patriotism isn't patriotism. It's just that Americans are better. And if you question that, you're a traitor, essentially. You're woke, what have you. It's Americans who make America an awful country, I guess is my stance. While there's people who just want to, in a sense, live and let live, but, you know, just do the right thing. If the right thing questions uh, what... If the right if the right thing requires sacrificing any of our traditions, it's the wrong thing. It's the position of this country. So it's nice to be reminded that hey, history repeats itself, and I just hope that well, I, I don't know because I can't really recommend this movie because there's nothing great about it. But I just hope we uh, come to terms with the need to be better that is the message of the film and it just isn't a very exciting film yeah it's just a heartstring pulling script which only hits at a few points can i hear a wahoo <laughs>